Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. And now, Professor LeVere, if you please, the overture. So, okay, you guys are going to hate me. Okay? Why is that? Well, for the first time ever in my life, I listened to If You Had Wings. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't like it. I actually don't think <laughs> I uh, I know what this is. It's an oh. old Disney World attraction. Oh. It was designed by Claude Coates, who did uh, Adventure Through Inner Space in Disneyland. Uh-huh. Now you speak my language. If You Had Wings was kind of, was an Omnimover attraction that was kind of similar technology-wise, but totally different. It was basically like a big kind of infomercial for Eastern Airlines and all the places they flew. It's like a big travelogue thing. And it was it had this great theme song, which Louie doesn't like for some reason. <laughs> and What's well, that? If You Had Wings! And I'm like, nope, nope, stop it right now. Oh man, this looks great. I don't know. This looks awesome. Not so much a fan. It was beautiful. It was an incredible. I mean, it was. Yeah, it's probably the. Ooh, might be the thing. If I could bring back one thing, I might do that. Yeah. You know, this actually this actually segs into one of our topics today. So we yeah. Now I was wondering if we confine ourselves to Disneyland just so we don't go too uh, crazy yeah you know or should I, it be anything i feel like there's so many things that are gone everywhere that it's a pretty big topic it is well let's, let's we can stick to disneyland and it also doesn't have to be things that you actually saw at disneyland just things you want to see yeah yeah so favorite disneyland attractions that are no longer there um alex you just mentioned the mine train nature mine train through nature's wonderland yeah rainbow caverns which was i, I was lucky enough to go on when i was a kid and it was pretty awesome so, so tell us about that for for those uh, those who have never seen it. It was uh, in exactly the same spot that Big Thunder Mountain was in, and it had a little train that would uh, take you around. It's sort of like the Jungle Cruise, but kind of a Frontierland version of that. And you'd board the train, and you would go through first through Cascade Peak, which is a big sort of multi-tiered waterfall that used to be. Um, right on the east side of Tom Sawyer Island that they just took out about 10 years ago, actually. It was there for quite a while. Um, then you'd go on, you'd see beavers building dams and animatronic bears. And then you'd uh, head to the desert. You'd see uh, uh, geysers shooting off and animatronic cougars and uh, teetering rock formations. And then finally you'd end up in uh, Rainbow Caverns, which was these uh, beautiful waterfalls that were uh, colored with fluorescent uh, paint. I don't know what they did to do that, but oh, was that like a put, lighting, uh, like a lighting effect? Well, they had it was all black light, and oh, so yeah. you had these intensely colored waterfalls that would do crazy things, um, and uh, it was pretty spectacular. There's almost no photos of it. I, I, I'm only aware of one. Um, I'll see if I can find it, but uh, it's hard to find. There, there just aren't many photos of it, unfortunately. Was it kind of dark in the room? Maybe was it? Oh yeah, maybe it was, hard it to so- take photos of. Yeah, I, cameras at that time I think just couldn't pull that off yeah. very easily. So there's I probably there a whole is... bunch of like underexposed photos of this in some like adult drawer somewhere. But it was sort of a. It was actually in a way similar to Big Thunder Mountain. I mean, Big Thunder Mountain is sort of a thrill ride tribute to that because the train looks basically identical. And when you go up that first lift hill in Big Thunder, the sort of, you know, uh, caverns is sort of a kind of a tribute to the Rainbow Caverns part of. Uh, the uh the mine train ride and it was it was a nice kind of you know leisurely pleasant thing to do the same way jungle cruise is or or any of that stuff yeah probably less jokes though yeah 
More, they less... had actually had, they had a recorded uh, spiel by you know the guy that does the uh, safety spiel for uh, for Big Thunder, the kind of grizzled old miner oh, yeah. you know, kind of guy. Um, I, I can't think of that guy's name, but howdy, he, folks, that guy. Exactly, yeah, he's the guy that also does Ben Franklin at Epcot. Um, yeah, and one, one of my uh, he, favorite did, Disney voices. Yeah, they had a recorded voiceover that he would he would do, and in fact, it's on the um, that big box set of Disneyland music. I think isn't I think they have the whole narration on that. I believe it was a really nice ride, and I'm I'm very sorry it's it's gone. Yeah, yeah I know I was, you, you sound like you're getting all choked up about it. I was yeah, I just did get choked up actually. I'm I'm a little <laughs> uh, a little uh, heartbroken. I always thought it would be cool that if if uh, they never do this in a million years, but to to make a park that is all comprised of all the attractions that are no longer existing in the oh, other that's, parks, that's totally going to happen, Alex. It and would be the greatest thing. Ever and you're going to be the one. Yeah, like five people go. in there. Wow, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's an awesome idea, but then you kind of realize, wait, they took these things out for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they were so, either either hurting people or they were no longer popular. So, uh, Greg, right. tell me, there the. I, because I was never had the pleasure of writing that. Was was there any music accompaniment, or was it just a voiceover? You know, I'm sure there was kind of like you know fiddle music playing in the background, uh, sort of like what you might hear in the Big Thunder Cube. But I can't remember all that much, to be honest. I'm not sure. I think it closed in '78. Yeah, yeah, it's been closed for a while. My my favorite uh, attraction that is no longer there is is definitely Adventures Through Inner Space. Which, Did you get to go on that? Yes. Uh, first time I went to Disneyland, I was seven. So it was like, and and at the time, I was kind of a crazy little boy who was really scared of a lot of weird things. And I convinced myself in the queue of that ride that it was real. Uh, just because I could see, you know, they had that weird little optical effect in the the in the in sort of the reverse microscope they have there where it right. showed the Omnimovers getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And yep. I was staring at that, and through the the course of time, I was like, "This is real. I can't go on this. I am gonna die." <laughs> well, yeah, I remember thinking exactly the same thing, and my dad was saying, "No, they're just little figures." And I'm like, "No, it's the same people. Look, <laughs> yeah. you can see." And of course, they're not. But uh, yeah, I convinced myself of that too. Now that one was narrated by Paul Fries, right? I think it was so, in the yeah. most sort of. He's totally paranoid in the yeah. attraction, just yeah. kind of like over the top, kind of mad scientist crazy. It is well because I I've only listened to it because again I've never had the pleasure of writing that, but I just remember him like, oh my god, can I go deeper? And I'm like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> it was the scariest thing because I have zero context for it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very creepy attraction. I mean, everything about it is very unsettling, including his narration. And then it's weird because you end up at the end with that Miracles uh, from Molecules song playing. That's so happy. It's the Richard, <laughs> you know, the Sherman Brothers song, and it's uh-huh. like a totally different vibe. This was in Tomorrowland, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly where Star Tours is. That's wow. right. There's th- there are throwbacks to it in the uh, in the queue as well, I believe. Well, the queue is exactly the same shape. Like the, the the first room you go in is exactly the same as it was then. Just where the star speeder is, that was where the mighty microscope was. Yeah, the really? horrifying, the, the nightmare-inducing microscope. That's really weird because they built other Star Tours attractions with the same queue shape. Yeah. Yes. Yep, that's right. That's funny. That attraction is something that Disney would never build again. You know, something that's like that that has no tie-ins to anything. That's just this bizarre sort of quasi-science fiction, quasi-science, actually. It was kind of both. Yeah, it bridged, I mean, it bridged I guess the I gap. Would like, I would like to think that they could do, they would still do something like that at Epcot, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Um, 
it's the one. I think it's maybe the one Disney attraction where I can actually remember learning something. Yeah, I learned what atoms and molecules were, and I feel like it was actually one of the best integrations of education and entertainment that I've seen uh, in an attraction. Yeah, I guess it was kind of the first Epcot, um, the the first Epcot attraction that wasn't didn't happen to be in Epcot. Yeah, I think you're. You might be right. It's it sort yeah. of has a little bit of that same vibe. Even the the pacing of the of the ride itself was very Epcotty. Yeah, I mean, have you guys done the uh, virtual ride through that the guy made a couple of years ago? Oh yeah, it's awesome. Now hold on, I want to say I did like a virtual ride through of Horizons or something, but I don't. Yeah, think there's I've a guy that did a Unity version of Horizons. It's online, but there's a DVD that a guy made probably seven or eight years ago. This was before you could have done it online, before YouTube, and before. Um, you could have had a th- live 3D walk. There wasn't a time before you do. <laughs> You're right. I'm joking. Um, but uh, he did a really nice job at recreating the ride. If you just look for uh, Adventure Through Inner Space Virtual Ride Through, he has a downloadable version. And there's also a version you can watch on YouTube. And uh, it's worth checking out. He did, he did a very good job. Let's back up for a second. You, you mentioned Horizons in, a, in, in Unity. I have not seen this. Is it? Did someone like render the whole... The, They've done a lot of it. I mean, it's uh, not it isn't done yeah, it's yet. It's not complete. It's it seems like a lot of the shell is there. I mean, the omni movers are there. Well, they're not really omni movers. They're kind of like that, right? Right. They're they right. hang, but yeah. They, yeah. Somewhere. And yeah. so they have those and they're all moving throughout the entire track, but from the last time I remember, which was maybe a year or two ago, it's it's only it's only moving around and there's nothing really inside there. They have the audio tracks in there that play at the correct spots but Mm -hmm. other than that i don't remember much else he's got some more now i mean he has the queue the queue is pretty complete and then you can climb into the vehicle and then you see some show sets um i don't know how far it goes but the first couple show sets were there and the audio was there and it was it's pretty impressive i mean it's it isn't complete but what he has is is nicely done yeah you know this strikes me as the you know what like we were talking about the the um the theme park that's filled with all the stuff that doesn't exist anymore. Disney actually could make virtual versions of all this stuff and have a pavilion somewhere where you could go and get into a little booth and select the attraction you wanted to see and experience again. That they might could. be kind of interesting. So, Louie, if you could go back to one attraction, what would you go back and well, see? I don't, well, it's hard to say because I probably haven't, experienced it firsthand it would be a thing that i would want to go back to because i never had the chance mm-hmm. yes um man that's a really tough one i mean what are my options here the people mover uh you know i mean i've been on the people mover in disney world sure so i'm fairly okay with not having to necessarily go back to it i right. really wish it was there still yeah but... there's mission to mars mm-hmm there's uh, the submarine voyage at Disneyland. You know what? I would actually really like to do that. The original yeah. one. I would really like to see that because I've only seen like photos of the submarines and they looked so cool. And I have no idea what it was like under the water. Yeah, I don't either. And, I didn't. I didn't go that, on that. That when just I was a that's, kid. that strikes me as being really fascinating because I only first did the Nemo ride. You know the new Nemo ride, not the old Nemo ride, uh, just like a year or two ago. So it was all even still new to me then, but it was obviously so recent. And, But, I mean, the area, I will say this, that kind of area in Tomorrowland seems much older than a lot of other areas of the park. I can't explain it. 
but that area seems like still 60s-ish. And it is. Well, the monorail building, that terminal is, is kind of still very sure. mid-century. Yeah, and you... I don't know. It's just like I think that area of the park in general, because you have Autopia there, because you have the monorail and you have the submarines there, is really, really fascinating. There's also – I'm trying to think of other stuff. There was Carousel of Progress. I mean, I uh, yeah, still see yeah. Disney World. I yep. did that, and you know, it's it's I, I enjoyed it. The the man, the last scene though, that is yeah. hysterical. That the is the future. Hilarious. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, I like I like yeah. that the future is 1992. Yeah, it's kind of like watching Back to the Future Part Two when it everyone, is. It really everyone is. still has but, fax yeah. machines. Totally. Yeah. Well, the thing that kind of kills me is when they moved it to Disney World, they didn't take the upper level uh, because at Disneyland, what they would do is the final scene after you saw the last family scene. The final scene, you'd you'd you know, rotate around, and on stage there were two escalators that would take you up. So you'd actually walk up on stage, go up escalators, and then on the top floor, you were like where Interventions is now. You know where Interventions is two stories. Yeah. The top floor was a, the giant Progress City model, which a piece of it you can see in Disney World still when you ride the the uh, People Mover, but it was much much bigger back right, then. Right. Right. They got rid of a big chunk of it. But I would have loved to kind of, you know, walk up on stage and go up those escalators and see that model. That would have been really awesome. Yeah. You know, it's funny that some of the things that I, I that I wish were still there actually aren't even attractions, you know. They're like environmental things that are just gone, you know, like like the Mary, Bla- Mary Blair murals uh, in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. The, the sky, all the Skyway in- infrastructure was really fun. You know, sure. Those weird chalets that it would go in and out of, and like just just really interesting things that are just no longer, no longer. You around. know what? Uh, this is going to sound totally silly. I want to see the Chicken of the Sea pirate ship. Oh yeah, yes, that was that was awesome. Along with Skull Rock, it was really mm-hmm. cool. Well, Skull Rock's still in in uh, in Paris, so yeah, and so is the ship. Although it's not it's not the same ship and not the same rock, but it's uh, same idea. Yeah. Now hold on, going back to the. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride. Well, it was actually, it was Submarine Voyage in Disneyland. It was 20,000 Leagues in Disneyland. Oh, really? All right, now, hold on a moment. Now, explain this to me. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird. I mean, it shows you how um, far away they, how much they didn't care about tie-ins back then. Sure. uh, Because I think uh, 20,000 Leagues came out in 54 or 55. I think so. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in 59 was when the submarine voyage opened, and it wasn't themed at all to 20,000 Leagues. It was themed to America's <laughs> fascination with nuclear subs at the time. Also, I think it felt more Tomorrowland-y um, sure. than maybe, you know, looking back, it was more looking forward. Yeah. So they just had very conventional-looking, uh, what you know, very streamlined, uh, you know, kind of gray, grayish-green uh, nuclear subs. Well, that's really interesting. Now, then... Then that wasn't where they had the mermaids. Then they did have mermaids. Right, yeah, now, still... now you're confusing me. <laughs> they still had the same. It was a, it was basically the same attraction uh, when under the water. It was very very similar. But one had a navy admiral that was taking you through, and he was kind of like you know a typical navy guy you would have seen in the movies in the in the fifties. But then when they moved it to Florida, they made the subs themed to Twenty Thousand Leagues. They looked like the Nautilus. And it was exactly the same speech, but delivered by Captain Nemo. Right. <laughs> that's so confusing. Okay. You know, I'm learning so much right now. No, that's good. And the subs were really awesome in Florida too. That the with the, the novels, yeah, it was beautiful. The, the lagoon look, yeah. was really beautiful there. The subs were awesome. I mean, I wish they would have actually just kept it running around. Even if the attraction you couldn't go on it, I would have loved to have just seen them cruise around the lagoon more. 
What do they do with that that space in Florida? Because it's it's no longer there. Well, I, I think it's just over it, right? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, that's I, that's probably new new uh, new Fantasyland. It yeah, is. Well, it please. became the uh, Winnie the Pooh um, play thing. area. Oh man, that was the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was, that. I mean, yeah. Like, if there's anything that is gonna change, like just paving over like a bit of water and then just going, you know what? We're just gonna put a play area right here. That is so sad. Yeah. It is. It was sad. And now it's gonna be. It's partially the Snow White, you know, roller coaster. Right. Right. And. Um, probably little mermaid a little bit you know that that attraction see that's sad because that thing was amazing but the snow white roller coaster will probably be pretty cool yeah it pro- i think you mean the seven dwarves mine train <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope so seven i don't think snow white's gonna be anywhere near that thing no, no probably not the the one attraction that i never got to experience that i would love to to see again is that crazy flying saucers thing Oh, that, yeah. oh, that apparently yes. was kind of dangerous, uh, which which I think is a really fun thing to have in a Disney park. That's cause you'll never see that again, you know, never. And I, I think that the 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 um, the Luigi's tire ride at um, California Adventure is sort of loosely based on this initial idea, but it goes like two miles an hour and no one can do anything on it. But well, I guess you, I guess this thing was how really wild. The is? I have, I have, <laughs> and I. I <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. But I, I would love to be able to ride like an unpredictable, weird Disney attraction. You know that you would you just you can't do that now. You know they, they'll never do it. The closest you can get now is the canoes. I would say because yeah. they actually are not. There's not a track. Is I'm wondering if there's like a tether they're on. No, I don't know if there's not. anything. There's no. There's no track. Yeah. There's nothing. That's probably on. the most uh, unpredictable you can get. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You could flip the canoe if you wanted, probably. Yeah. Now the um the flying saucers were exactly the same spot as Space Mountain is today, I think. Right. Oh yeah. Let's see be... other old attractions there were the uh, Mike Fink keelboats. Uh-huh. That went around which, the rivers of America, which I've on- I only know about from a Disney book I had as a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. I only know about it because of the audio track I've listened to a 100 times over, which is wonderful. Because yeah. he talks about how you're going to keel over in the keel boat. We're all <laughs> keeled. Um, yeah, you know, and I think another one I would want to do is is uh, Jungle Cruise before it got all all jokey. Before it got jokey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 When I, I mean, was I've, a, listened, I think... I've listened to the audio track. What I probably should do is just bring my headphones in one day, get in, and just not pay attention to the skipper <laughs> and just listen to that. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm the, pretty the sure. The Thurl Ravenscroft one? Yeah, yeah. Disneyland did go through a kind of a shift from sort of rough-and-tumble adventure you know, adventure storylines to more tongue in cheek. And I wonder, I wonder yeah, what caused more humor that. Now. Yeah. I think you could say that, I mean, if we, uh, if we kind of pull it back all the way, like toward main gates, if you go see Dapper dance today, they will be really jokey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, like, have you guys seen the, uh, the boy band skit that they do? I have not. No, I haven't. They they actually sing modern boy band songs. <laughs> That's a good idea. As, I mean, it's a joke. It's hilarious because they claim that they're the original boy band and they started yeah, the whole sure. craze, right? And uh, and they start singing. And then they're they're just wonderful. But it's it's funny because they might sing songs like you know just Disney tunes or just old barbershop quartets, you know, sort of things. But when they sing like that, then you're like, oh wow, you're being really current. And I don't know if. You as a performer are supposed to be aware of the time period you're in, or that you're supposed to pretend that you're in Main Street. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it's just an interesting thing. You know, that's that's there's an interesting dovetail on that. Is there are some performers in the various parks where 
they don't break the wall where they uh, Hollywood Studios has the most of this where you have sort of like these film directors and you sure. know starlets and stuff that stay completely in character and then you have ones that sort of straddle character and then you have ones that you know are are kind of not in character yeah it's i mean i wonder, I what, don't... The, wonder what the rules are for that well i mean i i imagine there are different rules for different performers i mean there's certainly there's certainly differences for like uh let's just say the uh, Alice in Wonderland characters can pretty much do whatever they want. Yes. Um, you know, they have a, a lot of free reign just because they're supposed to be goofy and always be doing all sorts of different things. Yeah. Um, but the, the villain characters, too, I think. Yeah, can, the villain characters have it. Yeah, they kind of have a different freedom as well. But yeah, it's, I don't know what they're supposed to do or how they're supposed to act because I know that sometimes you can ask a question to you know one of the performers and and they'll reference other areas in the park. Like if you ask Peter Pan to to fly, he'll tell you that uh, Mickey has declared it a no fly zone. So he's aware of Mickey Mouse. You know, I like, I like the idea that Mickey's the boss too. Right? Yeah, totally. Mickey's uh, the boss. I think Mickey and just tells he's, the other he's characters declared what to do. that it's a no fly zone. So you can't do that. So that's his excuse for not being able to fly. And you know, it, like they always seem to have good answers because I imagine kids ask anything. Oh sure, I kind of like this concept of of Disneyland as some sort of a of a of a fiefdom or dictatorship where where Mickey is the dictator, <laughs> and he right. makes he controls everyone's behavior completely. Uh, you, you were talking about Main Street. I mean, Main Street, I, that's actually yeah. one thing I would love to go back and see is the original Main Street where they actually kind of had stores that were trying to tell a story and actually represented what they were supposed right, to. Right, right. Yeah. Like um, as opposed to just all shop. being like giant, you know, Disney stores. Yeah, yeah like the Intimate Apparel Shop. Right, uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but they wouldn't have sold like Hannah Montana videos and those things, assuming right. they even existed. That, that just was not, that would break the story. They wouldn't have done it. Well, yeah, yeah. and there's still, I mean, there's still stores like that but i'm sure it was more of that is what you're kind of getting at there definitely yeah. was because I, I mean what... there's still there's still a magic shop but i want to say that it wasn't what i wanted it to be i was yeah. actually kind of let down by the magic shop because i wanted it to be really intriguing and interesting and it and it kind of to our point earlier was extremely jokey it wasn't like a i don't know i wasn't amazed or anything and i wanted it to be like a serious thing yeah when I was a kid, when I first went when I was seven, um, Main Street USA really did keep me very uh, entertained the whole time. And I would I would bet you that most kids that go to Disneyland now have no interest whatsoever except for the fact they could buy lollipops at some of those stores. You know? Oh, their parents can buy them lollipops. because like, Well, it's very much like shops you can see elsewhere. Exactly right. And, and, and back then, it really was unique. There was like the... There were weird arcades, and they had like that sort of Nickelodeon style arcade where you could go in and put nickels into the um, those those hand cranked animation machines. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I don't think are there anymore. Um, no, they still have a few in Disney World on the train station, but they yeah. don't think they have them in Disneyland anymore. And I remember being fascinated with those because I'd never seen anything like that before. I didn't know what they were, you know. And right. so it was like you know catching a glimpse of this time that that is not 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 real anymore, even then. It's so if I can, I was going to say something kind of along these lines, which is a lot of families, I think, when they go to a Disney park or just any theme park, they're going on a vacation. I think they're trying to get the most for their money. Yeah. And, you know, and as the Disney parks, and we'll just specifically narrow down on Disneyland, as Disneyland has added and changed and increased the density of attractions inside their entire park, it's giving people uh, less or more to do, 
but less time to do it, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of people have to feel like they have to stay longer. You know, right. hours have been extended. People, you know, want to do only the, you know, e-ticket attractions. They skip over a lot of things that are incredibly special and mm-hmm. unique and interesting. And that, you know, I think anyone would actually genuinely enjoy, but I think a lot of people skip over it just because they're trying to get their money's worth. Yeah. And do you suppose that that also controls the behavior of of WDI to a certain extent because they might not be thinking about making those things anymore at all? Because, I imagine because I imagine why so a little know? bit. I imagine so a little bit, but I hope there's I hope there's at least a few people there that are thinking about how to retain that sort of culture that used to be there. You know, yeah. I, I mean, of course, Walt intended it to change and adapt and never be finished. But I would hope that there would be some some truth to still retaining what made Main Street Main Street. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you see that a little bit through uh, in Buena Vista Street. I mean, sure. you guys will see it soon. But, I mean, there there are hints of wanting to tell story and not sell things yeah. uh, that you see there. Now it's it's kind of under attack from various <laughs> factions. But, I've heard, um, yeah. It, uh, but you can see at least that that impulse still exists. Yeah. You're referring to the um, the, the meticulously created uh, storefronts that the consumer products people came in and covered with mugs. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I heard about that, <laughs> and and I agree. I think that's I think that's <coughs> a really good point, and and I can understand why people would get pissed off about that because if you're going to pour your blood and sweat into into this beautiful you know vignette, and then here's a bunch of t-shirts draped over it, I'd be pretty pissed off too. Well, the problem is structural, I think, that they run Disney uh, as separate profit centers, and so the guys that run the stores have to make money. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, they shouldn't have to make money. Nobody should care if they make money or not. And if they had that mindset, they wouldn't have to junk up, you know, the theming. Yeah. Sure. They should run well, it like Apple runs their 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 business centers, you know? It's just, right. There's one profit and loss uh, uh, yes. spreadsheet, and that's it. 